Hallelujah. We give you thanks. Praise the Lord. So good to be back online again and trusting God for his goodness and mercy, expecting to see each one built up, edified, and doing the plan of God. Hallelujah. Let's worship him who's worthy. Oh, thank you, Father. Mamble de te kete kusu krutu vede viste. Ante bara kasu koro tokorise preste le vede kelte. Hallelujah. Samaraka zakanama kasta. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Brasile tokozolo pozoro kotoro kosite. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mangra la balaka takarabasi katakastele pesere kotokoro suntoro boshendi. Thank you, Father. Sumoro kosorio. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name. Braza kala parakasalite keseteya. Shaba kasta, braza kanta la prakasta la finte. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mantara kasara balkataya. Oh, le frende le vite le visto, pashapa katakara pasala kanta. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. Oh, we give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. This is the day that you have made. We rejoice, we're glad in it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We worship and adore you. Glorify your name in all the earth. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name in all the earth. Jesus, we love you. We worship and adore you. Glorify your name in all the earth. Glorify your name. Glorify your name, glorify your name in all the earth. Spirit, we love you, we worship and adore you. Glorify your name in all the earth. Glorify your name, glorify your name, glorify your name in all the earth. Hallelujah. We thank you for the tender mercies which have come to us, that you are actually indwelling us by your Spirit that the Father and the Son are with us by the mighty Spirit of God. Hallelujah. The one who is upon us, anointed us to do what we were created for. We worship you. We bless you. We thank you. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that yesterday is over. 
Hallelujah. Tomorrow is not yet here, but we have this day, we have this moment to live for you, to live for your glory, live for your praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. Oh, hamasika loto koparakazende, brede soto bresti, flendo romba zeketele jobra dasta, Mankla kisto frefeliko toro basaranta. We give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks. Misho toko taprasante beretele jende. Oh, faithful God, Rida Kasta, Manjolide Kresupa Palanda. Blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. We give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks. Oh, we yield to you right now. Sono prakala sintere bakasarata kastaya. We call every need met, every yoke destroyed, every burden removed. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's... uh, Open up our Bibles to um, Romans chapter 12. Notice there it says, I beseech you therefore, in verse 1, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, And then verse 2 continues, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So here we have this somewhere in the middle, close to maybe three quarters of the book of Romans. We have this chapter 12 which uh, tells us about some things that sounds like um, contradiction. He says, By the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. It doesn't seem to agree, because a sacrifice is usually known as something that is already dead and then given up and offered like that. So here we have a living sacrifice, and therefore... It seems strange, but that's exactly what this life we're called to live is. It's, a, it's an interesting combination of being alive, but then being also dead at the same time. Hallelujah. Let's hear Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 also in Canada. ಆದರಿಂದಸಹೋದರರೇನಿಮ್ಮದೇಹಗಳನ್ನುಪರಿಶುದ್ಧವೂದೇವರಿಗೆಮೆಚ್ಚಿಕೆಯೂಆಗ
And then we begin to wonder if this is like once in a lifetime you just offer yourself, but actually what happens is every day we make decisions, every day we choose, and so there are all these varieties of things that happen on a daily basis, and so this is a daily and an ongoing thing where we know that there is a part of us that's just like him, 100% God, just like Jesus, the Lord himself, which is our spirit man, but there's a part of us that is definitely um, more alive to the world and more alive to things that come from the senses, and that is the part that has to be offered up to God. Hallelujah, as a sacrifice, praise God. But then it must also, on the other hand, be made to live for God. Hallelujah. So on one hand, you have uh, this offering up of your body as a sacrifice concerning the things of the world and whatever the senses are saying. But on the other hand, you're offering it up to God uh, to live for God. Hallelujah. So that is where everything hangs. Praise God. And uh, the way it's done is in verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, or be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So verse 1 tells us what we need to do and uh, the target to which we are called, but then verse 2 tells us how it's done. It's, it's not done by external force and, uh, you know, harsh measures, but rather it is done through the work of the mind being renewed. So you can see that this is something that is working from within and then affecting the man on the outside that it may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Let's hear verse 2 also in Canada, if we may. So there is this um, pressure that is being applied to all of us from the world to be conformed to weigh and, and think like they are, to continue to decide according to their standards and we are supposed to resist that and not yield to it and we should rather be notice renewing our minds our minds require renewal and restoration to the mind of Christ the ability and the way of God how he thinks God has his own ways of thinking and then we can prove in our lives personally various aspects of the will of God. You know, you may begin in about, uh, say, 30% in the will of God and then slowly move on to 60 and then approach the 100% in your life. And that has to take uh, a process of time depending on how we yield to um, this renewing of the mind. The way we think being adjusted by the Word of God helps us to actually fulfill the plan of God for our lives completely. And that is our target in the midst of all of 
uh, the things that you see out there, the, the world in its present condition, we still are here on a clock and a timer to do the will of God. Hallelujah. But, um, you know, thank God that you don't have to be too worried about tomorrow or anxious about anything else, but that you can trust God now and today and uh, yield your thinking to God. Hallelujah. What a privilege. What an honor. Hallelujah. So there are aspects to God's will that have to be accomplished, and God desires us to do that so that we uh, live out the full plan of God for our lives. Praise God. Very interesting. Let's uh, look at a similar um, kind of thought over there in Hebrews. Notice the 12th chapter again. So we read Romans 12, and here's Hebrews 12, verse 1. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So here is again another laying forth of a race that is set for us. There is an individual race that each one of us have to run apart from the daily uh, affairs in line with the Word of God. There is also a specific plan that each one has in God, and we have to accomplish that. That is set before us. Amen. So uh, you can tell that it's continuing from the 11th chapter. The original Bible was not written in chapter and verse, it was inserted uh, by man for reference sake. And uh, that's a good idea so that you can actually pick out things uh, based on context and so forth. However, notice that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And that cloud of witnesses is mentioned there as the Old Testament saints uh, that began a faith walk and their exploits and their life of faith is recorded there. And so you could say we also have our life being recorded and remembered before God. And so we need to live in a manner that would uh, be conscious of this uh, great oversight of God and others who have gone ahead by faith. Hallelujah. Actually, as though we are running a race with grandstands and uh, people watching us. Hallelujah. Very interesting. But uh, this is the sense with which the scripture is coming to us. Let's hear this also in Canada, Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Amen. So you can see here that um, there's... Uh, a couple of things in that verse that talks about being able to run effectively and run the race with patience or endurance that is required. That is our main um, force and our main equipment to finish this course. Hallelujah. Apart from knowing the course, uh, we need all the patience and endurance to be able to finish it. Praise God. And that these are things that we get from, we draw from God. Hallelujah. 
So notice that there's something called laying aside every weight and then the sin which doth so easily beset us. Praise God, there is a, a something called a weight there which refers not just to sin, blatant sin there, but rather uh, things that may seem legitimate, things that are normal, you know, which uh, anybody can partake of, but which can so uh, take your thinking and your time that you're not able to focus on your real targets. Amen. So forget about, you know, going into sin. If you go into sin, well, definitely that's against the things of God and you have to come back by 1 John 1 9 that if you confess your sins he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness you come back to him by calling on the blood and the mercy of God hallelujah however these are uh, more in quote uh, nice and normal things that everybody uh, can participate in even innocently Praise God. And that's the, the thing about it. It's just battling for your focus and your target and your time, your thinking space and so on. Hallelujah. So we have to be able to uh, differentiate and uh, be able to lay aside certain things as time progresses so that we do not just live our life here in vanity but that we are fully conscious of a race that is set before us. Hallelujah. And um, these things are definitely challenging, especially in these latter days in which we live. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he gives us the focus, verse 2 continues, looking onto Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is uh, the person we look to. He is the one who came in flesh like us, you know, came and lived here and was exposed to everything that we ourselves are tempted with and exposed to, looking onto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So we look to him and he was looking at something also. Praise God. He was looking at the joy of bringing his family home. Hallelujah all of his people back home. The joy that was set before him was the day when he would have all of us with him in a place that his father had prepared for him, which he was going to praise God and to prepare for us. Hallelujah. He said in his father's house there were many mansions and that it was true. Otherwise, he would not have said it. In other words, what he says is true and that he's gone to prepare and refurbish it till the day he would come and take us back home. Praise God. And that joy and that uh, end result, he saw the end result. Amen. He did not see a failure in it. He saw the finish of it. He saw the joy, the achieving of it, and then he endured. He endured the cross. Thank God for that. Despising the shame the cruelty and the, all of the emotions attached to that kind of death and the obedience where he even went to hell for us and he bore it all, endured it all. Notice he also used endurance, the same kind of force that you and I have to use 
endured it, and now the Bible says it sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. So you and I have someone to look to, someone to uh, identify with, because he identified with us. So we can look at him and we can say, if you could do it, then so can we. Hallelujah. That's how perfectly he identified with us. Let's hear verse 2 also in Kannada. Hallelujah. So we are urged to consider him and use him as our standard and anyone else that is following that same standard we can also uh, copy or, or mimic or emulate. Notice verse 3 gives us some more thoughts. He says, For consider him that endured such, notice that word, such contradiction of sinners. Hallelujah. You know, everything that he faced down here was a contradiction against himself, against what he stood for. Everything was against the current so to speak. He learned how to forge through that, that system that is against him, a sinful world in the hands of, you know, in the web of sin, in the very control of it, and he had to go through all of that. And you can faint in your mind. Notice that, lest you be wearied and faint or give up in your mind. So again, you are uh, called to see the mind and its power in this whole thing. We actually give up in our minds, according to this verse. That's where the uh, quitting takes place. And so it's all about uh, how our mind is restored, how our mind is brought back to a place where it can think clearly and can separate things clearly and stand against the contradiction of everything that's out there to endure through it and not faint. Praise God. Not give up. Hallelujah. So we have um, the example of Jesus here. And so we can look at him, consider him, and go forward by faith rather than by just emotions. That's the main target. Our emotions, our feelings, our mind, our soul. All of these things are under pressure constantly. And you find out that once you have quit in your mind, then you generally uh, shut down. Hallelujah. And so it's very important that our minds are built up and edified and strengthened like a fortress with walls and so that uh, we can stand no matter what is happening out there. Praise God. And Jesus came down here and used the same weapons that we are given to use. He gave us his own armor. He gave us his own life. He gave us his own wisdom. He gave us everything that he himself had. And uh, we are called to now follow his example. Praise God. Let's hear verse 3 also in Canada. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. So there are these um, realities that we have to face, that we can faint, and where we give up and quit is our minds. You can see that the battle, therefore, is narrowed down to our minds. Hallelujah. That seems to be the delicate aspect uh, for which uh, God, the world, the devil, and ourselves are battling for. Hallelujah. But then notice, because of all of that, there are going to be many opportunities to uh, fail and uh, go in the wrong direction with wrong thinking, wrong decision-making, and, uh, you know, fall by the side and just generally be faint and weary. And, uh, you know, in that condition, every now and then, there could be a great opportunity to do that. So uh, there has to be adjustments made. Notice verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the, the chastening of the Lord, and notice, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So it seemed like speaking to this particular group of people which are Hebrew believers because of the challenges they faced they forgot something see they forgot an old saying which is from the scripture about how the Lord has the ability to correct us and that we should not despise that correction when we are uh, adjusted by him for the Lord, it continues, verse 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chastens, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So there is this aspect that you can yield to, which is correction. And that will come from God and his word and his spirit. He doesn't give it to the devil, because like every father, you would like to correct your own children yourself. And so... Um, I don't believe that the devil is involved in correcting our lives, hallelujah, by any form. However, when we do not yield to uh, the path and uh, yield to the plan of God, we open ourselves to the devil and we go through things. And uh, sometimes <clears throat> that can be very hurtful and painful. And we may think that it's the devil. Uh, who is correcting us, but however, we ourselves opened the door there and, uh, you know, brought in all of those things. So there is this interesting place that you'll have to be able to use the wisdom of God to figure out, is God saying something to me? God would like us to be corrected um, by ourselves. See that? Uh, that is his target, that every one of his children knows how to correct themselves. That is a sign that they've grown. So till that point, um, there will be correction from him, you know. But he would like us to pick that way of thinking, uh, the right way of thinking, and adjust ourselves and judge ourselves every now and then, and check our own life for ourselves, and correct ourselves. And you can say that that's also a a factor of your mind and how it has been retrained and renewed. Amen? So um, there is not one father on the earth who just likes and loves to correct his children all the time. 
Praise God. I mean, that's, you know that's kind of uh, weird if you're just always correcting your children, right? Praise God. So eventually you'd like to see the child just pick up the correction for themselves and say, hmm, I, I guess I'm not going that way anymore. Hallelujah. So that's how uh, our father, who is better than any natural father, also would like us to, to go, to remember that there are corrections from God's word and his will, his way of doing things, and then we pick it up for ourselves and make the adjustment. But I believe that in these verses there is also um, the need to understand that the Lord is on our side, not against us. Amen? And that we need to accept and appreciate his correction when it comes. Praise God. Notice verse 6. It says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? You know, I remember one time, uh, some years ago, there was someone who said, uh, Pastor, we came all the way. Uh, through the traffic and made all kind of sacrifices to come on Sunday and now all we got are bones, not meat. Praise God, because the message was a bit strong and it had correction in it. It was immediately seen as uh, not helpful, just rather a hindrance, just bones and things like that. Amen? But... Um, Initially, it's like that. When there is correction, it's not appreciated. But as a child improves and matures, he actually would like someone that's close to them that they can say, if I miss it, please let me know. Have you noticed that? Uh, for someone to be able to tell you, man, you're my friend, you know, you're so close to me, but this is not right. And we could use that kind of maturity, hallelujah, and growing up so that we know God is on our side. He's not against us. He's not the enemy here. Praise God. God is not the enemy. His word is not the enemy. His spirit is not the enemy. It's because he cares for us, because he loves us that he's trying to uh, give us correction because we need it. He knows that when everything is over, we will stand there without the flesh and its hindrances, you know, that nature. We will stand before him with very clear thinking and we will understand that was the way to go. Hallelujah. Praise God. So there is this uh, adjustment that has to take place. I heard of a man by the name of Oscar Schindler. Uh, who lived during the time of the Nazi regime and um, Hitler's time. And he uh, spent, he was a thriving businessman and he spent a lot of his resources in helping Jews to escape. And, uh, you know, he was always interested in getting their names and supporting their escape and their rehabilitation in Israel and so on. And eventually the war was over and he found out by his list that there were still people he could have helped. And that was his final thought, that there's so many people I could have still helped. Why did I hold back? Why did I not, you know, spend everything? Because he found out he still had some money left over, some resources left over at the end of it all. And 
His main thought was, why did I not use it all? Praise God. That's how it's going to be. When it's all said and done, we will say, why did I hold back? Why didn't I just go all the way? Why didn't I do everything? Praise God. So we don't want to be like that. God knows the end from the beginning. He sees us standing there before his throne. He sees all of the joy, and he doesn't want it to be spoiled by any regrets. Hallelujah. He doesn't want us to have any moment of uh, feeling uh, in any way that we did not do all we were supposed to do. Praise God. These are the thoughts of a good father. Verse 7. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Hallelujah. So it's a point towards sonship, that you are his son, that you are not your own. You were brought here by him, and that his care is there over your life, and that you are accountable to him. And that maturity and that growth is what we're talking about, to realize that you have a father that is better than any natural father, who has seen the end from the beginning, and he is dealing with us as though we are his sons. And that is how come the correction comes. Hallelujah. Verse 8, But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you illegitimate and not sons. Hallelujah. Uh, the truth about it is that if you are truly in that family, if you are truly born there, then you will yield to the correction. Amen. Otherwise you are saying that this is not my father. Hallelujah. So in the eyes of God, this is how it is seen. If you are truly uh, arranging your thinking properly, if you are thinking the right way, then you accept the fact that he's your father. Amen. Let's hear a couple of verses from verse 5 to 8 also in Canada. ಮಕ್ಕಳಿಗೆ ಹೇಳುವಂತೆ ನಿಮಗೆ ಹೇಳಿದ ಎಚ್ಚರಿಕೆಯ ಮಾತನ್ನು ಮರೆತು ಬಿಟ್ಟಿದ್ದೀರೋ ಏನೆಂದರೆ ನನ್ನ ಮಗನೇ ಕರ್ತನ ಶಿಕ್ಷೆಯನ್ನು ತಾತ್ಸಾರ ಮಾಡಬೇಡ ಇಲ್ಲವೇ ಆತನು ನಿನ್ನನ್ನು ಗದರಿಸುವಾಗ ಬೇಸರಗೊಳ್ಳಬೇಡ ಕರ್ತನು ತಾನು ಪ್ರೀತಿಸುವವನನ್ನೇ ಶಿಕ್ಷಿಸುವತ್ತಾನೆ ತಾನು ಸೇರಿಸಿಕೊಳ್ಳುವ ಪ್ರತಿಯೊಬ್ಬ ಮಗನನ್ನು ಹೊಡೆಯುತ್ತಾನೆ ಎಂಬುದು ನೀವು ಶಿಕ್ಷೆಯನ್ನು ತಾಳಿಕೊಂಡರೆ ದೇವರು ನಿಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಪುತ್ರರೆಂದು ನಡೆಸುವತ್ತಾನೆ ತಂದೆಯಿಂದ ಶಿಕ್ಷೆ ಹೊಂದದ ಮಗನಲ್ಲಿ ನೀವು ಶಿಕ್ಷೆ ಹೊಂದುವವರೆಲ್ಲರೊಂದಿಗೆ ಪಾಲುಗಾರರಾಗಿರದಿದ್ದರೆ ನೀವು ಆಧಾರದಿಂದ ಹುಟ್ಟಿದವರೇ ಹೊರತು ಪುತ್ರರಲ್ಲ ಏಮೇನ್ ಪ್ರೇಸ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಸೋ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಸೇ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದಿಸ್ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಮೈ ಫಾದರ್ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಗ್ರೋ ಟು ದಟ್ ಪ್ಲೇಸ್ ವೇ ಯು ಅಕ್ಸೆಪ್ಟ್ ದಟ್ ಯು ಡಿಡ್ ನಾಟ್ ಕಮ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಬೈ ಯೋರ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ದಟ್ ಯು ಕೇಮ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಅಬವ್ ದಟ್ ಯೋರ್ ಫಾದರ್ ಗೇವ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಟು ಯು ದ ಫಾದರ್ ಆಫ್ ಯೋರ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಟ್ ಅವರ್ ಫಾದರ್ then you begin to uh, yield to that correction verse 9 notice here that he's trying to tell us again that he's like a father even like a father in the flesh but then far better verse 7 continues furthermore we've had fathers of our flesh who corrected us and we gave them reverence now you may remember some of the correction you went through with your natural parents and after all that you were supposed to maintain a certain attitude even though you were not very happy you were supposed to take it nicely 
and just uh, sit there properly and bear it. Hallelujah. And maybe lick your wounds, you know, and just sit there, you know, and not have any additional attitudes of rebellion. Even though, you know, you seem like you have been corrected, but then from inside there's a rebellion. He says we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Hallelujah. Here, notice that he begins to say that this is better. Last week we were talking about choosing the better things. And there is a better way, you know, and God wants us to be able to uh, choose what is better and go for the things that honor God, where God can actually praise you. And even on Sunday, we saw how Jesus actually praises people, amen, and makes a big deal about them. Hallelujah. Even though uh, we may not appreciate it at that point, he's working it out to a place where he can actually shout and rejoice over us. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, it's all about him getting excited about us, really. Hallelujah. And once you sense his excitement, you know that you can be excited also. If God is excited, then I can be excited. If God is not excited, wow. Even if everybody else is excited, it's not right. Hallelujah. So our pleasure comes from pleasing him. And once you grow up, you realize there's a difference. You begin to be able to be sensitive to, was God actually pleased with this? Even though everybody else seemed to be excited. You can tell the difference. That's the correction we're talking about. That you don't want just the applause and reward of men. They pat you on the shoulder. Just like in the time of the fasting scriptures, he says, they truly have their reward. They want to be seen of men, that they are fasting, they're praying. So everybody will say, wow, great, man. 40 days, 50 days, wow. And so on. And they want to receive their reward from men but God sees the heart hallelujah so there are all of these things that can be done Uh, meanwhile the God who sees in secret also can reward you openly hallelujah so this is maturity being able to tell whether God was impressed with all of that hallelujah praise God let's hear verse 9 also in Canada. ಇದು ಮಾತ್ರವಲ್ಲದೆ ನಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಶಿಕ್ಷಿಸಿದಂತ ಶರೀರ ಸಂಬಂಧವಾದ ತಂದೆಗಳನ್ನು ಸನ್ಮಾನಿಸಿದೆವಷ್ಟೇ ಆತ್ಮಗಳಿಗೆ ತಂದೆಯಾಗಿರುವ ಆತನಿಗೆ ನಾವು ಇನ್ನೂ ಎಷ್ಟೋ ಹೆಚ್ಚಾಗಿ ಒಳಪಟ್ಟು ಜೀವಿಸಬೇಕಲ್ಲವೇ When you receive that correction from God, you actually live. You don't just exist. There is a life that Jesus came to give us in John 10.10. He says, I have come that you might have life, have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows. He said, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He called him the thief there because basically that is what is happening. He's stealing all of these things from individuals but God has come to give you the opposite life to the full till it overflows amen so one clear way of enjoying that life is 
by yielding to the correction of God. Hallelujah. So you do not lack in any area. You have a full life. Life to the full. You know the boundaries that are set for you. You know you should not cross this. And if you cross this line, it's going to reflect in your life. Your ability to enjoy life to the full. You know, he gave us richly all things to enjoy. That is how he is. He wants us to enjoy, but he's not satisfied unless we're enjoying it in full. The full life. The more abundant life. And so he's always trying to tweak and adjust our experience and correct us. And as we yield to that correction, we can actually tell you know, more clearly the boundaries. Okay, I cannot cross this. This is not necessary. This is more important. This is better. So that we have a full experience. Hallelujah. You can see that God is on our side better than any natural father. Verse 10 continues, For they truly or verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Amen. Uh, no matter how perfect parents are on the earth, fleshly parents, they always have their own uh, expectation, which uh, is probably not always godly. Uh, but God has our prophet all the time in view. He's thinking about our prophet all the time. And that prophet is actually that we may partake of his holiness. Holiness is interesting. It is something that is for the follower of Christ, for the disciple, not for the unsaved person. Hallelujah. You get saved and then you aspire towards holiness. Or you aspire towards living a life that is dedicated to God. Hallelujah. And so this is the message for the disciple. This is the message for believers who have to mature, praise God, and then achieve the target of being like him. He's holy, holy, holy. Of course, we'll never be in that level of holiness, praise God, because he said, be holy, for I am holy. He did not say, be holy as I am holy. But he said, be holy, for I am holy. He's the only one that dwells in unapproachable light. And we are adjusting ourselves to become more and more like him. But we are never in that category of the same holiness of God. Amen. But we are partaking of it at different levels until the day when we are perfected, where we may see him. Amen. Till that day we are walking in various levels of uh, devoted life. Holy, godly life. Amen. And that's what uh, we are called to do. Praise God. It's a very interesting thought. The knowledge of the holy is our business as believers. Praise God. And so um, there is, there's a lot there. People uh, have all these various ideas about it. But notice that one key that is given to us here is that our yielding to his correction. As we yield to his correction, we partake of his holiness. Amen. So if you cut out the correction process, you are definitely not yielding to his holiness. You seem to have your own code 
of external, in quote, holiness, which is just efforts of man. God wants it the right way, from inside and through your thinking. And then it shows up on the outside, where you are not just trying to please people, amen, but you want to please God. Hallelujah. And of course, you know that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Praise the Lord. So we are constantly being reinforced in our faith, reinforced in our thinking, reinforced in our considering a certain target, which is Jesus. We are, we are to look at Him. We're not supposed to be distracted by so many other things, but to consider Him, to look to Him. Hallelujah. And the joy that we are going to be seeing one of these days. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's hear verse 10 also in Kannada. Praise God. Um, you know, it's very interesting. We have to be true to ourselves, true to uh, God and His Word and the right way of thinking. Every time we need to be able to uh, check ourselves. If we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Notice the same kind of thinking there. There's no need for us to be judged if we know how to judge ourselves. Amen. So our Christian life is a, a life of constantly judging ourselves. Self-correction is the best. But do not despise the correction of the Lord, however, because you trust Him. You don't want to miss the clear thinking. He's saying, no, that is not the way to think. I want you to think like this. And we should be able to say, but I don't like it. I want to think like this. I want to believe that it's like this. I want to believe that this is how it works. No, we have to get to a place where we say, I don't care if what I believe uh, seems nice, but if it's not in line with the way you are thinking, I don't want it. Hallelujah. We want to be true to God and His will, His word, because that's going to give us the full life. That's going to help us finish our course, run our race, and go home in glory. Hallelujah. Without regrets. You know, and so none of us can claim that we, we don't require correction. Not even one. All of us require adjustment and correction. And you can tell that Jesus listened to his father. He said, I always do the things that please him. That's a lot of obedience there. Always. So he would have to wake up early. He would have to spend time with the Lord, communing with him in the word, yielding to him until he saw what the Father wanted him to do, and he did that. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we can consider all of that. There's only one problem. Verse 11, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. So when it is being administered at that point, it's not a fun thing at all. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Nevertheless, afterward. See, sometimes you can look back now and see some of the things that you were being told was not right and the correction that was being applied. Now, as you have grown up, you can see that your parents 
uh, were trying their best to get you in line. <laughs> Praise God. But that is how you think now. Back then, we probably would not have thought like that. We thought they were an obstacle and a hindrance to everything. Amen. But now, when we look back, we can see they were trying. Praise God. But today, thank God, you can call on the Heavenly Father, who is not partial, who loves us dearly as his own Son, who has the same love toward us which was given to Jesus, so that we could enjoy the glory that he prepared for Jesus. Isn't that love? That's the most powerful love ever, isn't it? So we need to be able to yield to correction. How do you yield? You just say, forgive me, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And then you renew your thinking. You get into the word concerning those things and you listen to what God says about it. That's yielding. So it's a continuous process. Nobody arrives at it, you know, uh, just like that. We keep going through a constant adjustment on a daily basis till the day we see him face to face. That is why the ministry and the ministry gifts are here till we see Jesus. For the perfection of the saints. Till we all come in the fullness of the, of the stature of Christ. The fullness of the stature of Christ. So there is a work that's going to be going on till the day we see him face to face. Hallelujah. So uh, to be able to see that it is not joyous at that moment is important. At that moment, you may not enjoy it. But afterwards, it must yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Or to those who not just endured it, but who yielded to it, who submitted to it, who were trained by it. Amen. So we want to be able to yield and allow ourselves to be trained. Not all of us got a good uh, um, upbringing, uh, parental care, and so on. We, we all went through this and that imperfections, but here we're dealing with the perfect father. We may have to dump some of our baggage in our thinking and yield. It takes time to be able to yield. One lady uh, wrote a book one time called, I Dare to Call Him Father. To see God as a father is another thing altogether. Hallelujah. And so we are gradually adjusting our lives to the place where we can say, you are my father. To understand what does fatherhood mean and, you know, all of the implications and duty and all of the obedience that comes in there. To understand all of that and say, you are my father is, uh, is where we are going. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so sometimes we get fed up and faint and quit. And verse 12 says, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Praise God. Lift them up. Amen. Honor him. Worship him. Don't give up. Don't get despondent. and Don't give up like that. Hallelujah. Amen. So I believe that the key would be uh, a quick adjustment. Be quick to receive correction. Be quick to implement it and go down the path of righteousness which was prepared for us. Amen. God does not make the way uh, for us actually. We make our way. We uh, adjust things. 
If we don't adjust, even though the path is there, we're not going to be on that path. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can see there's a lot of cooperation required. Cooperate, cooperate, cooperate. It's a very powerful thing. Hallelujah. Maybe we can hear um, verse 11 and 12 first in Kannada. Praise God. Let's take a small uh, ride up to Philippians 2. Notice there. In verse 12, he says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. It's an interesting people. How can you say you've always obeyed? Wow, this must be very obedient people. I don't think it's flattering them. <laughs> Sometimes you maybe think, ah, come on. I don't think there's any people like that. He's just saying it. But he's actually not flattering them. They were very obedient people, according to Paul. Wherefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, always obeyed, not as in my presence only. Wow. So they were not just trying to please him, that when he's there, we'll just do everything right. And when he's not there, (laughs) yeah, yeah, sure, uh, uh, I don't have to do that, yay. You know, praise God. Oh, pastor, confession all the time. Positively, think positively. Confess these things. Praise God. Pastor, why always positive? Blah, blah, blah. You don't have to. Amen. Pastor, why do you always have to say it like this? Someone told me years ago, why does it have to be like this? What is so powerful about it? Well, you know, praise God. God knows. It is God's way. We are learning. Hallelujah. Amen. We are all learning. We all have a particular race to run. Amen. And uh, sometimes we may just do it for the benefit of others right there. But carrying obedience to a place where nobody is there and you are doing the right thing, that is star. Amen. That's just heavy. That's God's uh, desire, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more. See the ability to choose the much more keeps coming back to us. Can you see that? But now much more in my absence. So you know we must be able to get to a place where we are truly affected by God's thinking, truly affected by his word, that even if nobody were there, we would still do it. Hallelujah. That's what is our target. Amen. These are an obedient group of people, but then he wanted them to get to a place where they were obedient even when he was not there. Much more. Hallelujah. I'm sure they were, they were there at some level, but he wanted a full measure of it. Amen. Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now this is a very powerful verse for the believer that you could call a holiness verse. Working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Praise God. And so we need to understand that there's a working out of something within. And that's the way God does it. God gets us to a place where we understand we are born again. Born from above. That all things are passed away. No matter what the devil brings from the past, it's not true. Because that man died. Hallelujah. The truth concerning you now is that you're a new creature. That is true. The other things are actually dead and gone. Once it is buried, it's over. You can talk about it all day long, but it's dead and buried. It's over. It's not a present reality. Hallelujah. God is the God of the living, not of the dead. And so we need to be more concerned about our present life in Christ than so many other things. Hallelujah. Notice that we always have some connection with the past. Amen. There's always some residual memories that try to tell us that this is who we are. But we need to know ourselves not after the flesh anymore, but after the spirit, after the word. Hallelujah. Amen. So this consciousness of something inside, working from inside, has to begin to dominate us. Amen. And then we cooperate with it. Look at verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Praise God. Notice that. What an interesting thing. So one could say that everything they're doing is because God is working. Is that true? Not necessarily. God may be working in each one of us, but whether we cooperate with him or not is the question, isn't it? So, you know, you did things in your outward man and then you can say it was God. God is the one working. Everything's working out for good. Really? No, it'll work out for good if you cooperate with him. Hallelujah. If you cooperate. Otherwise, you may open the door for some other thing and then your testimony goes south. I don't mean trincomalia or something like that. Positionally south, but I mean bad. A bad report. Hallelujah. So uh, this is happening in every believer. Is God working in every believer? Yes. Is he working in the fresh, brand new believer? Yes. Is he working inside the believer who has been a believer for 30 years? Yes. But who's going to see that working on the outside is the question. Amen. Only those who are yielding to him, right? That is where there is the fear and the trembling. With reverence for God, choosing to respect Him rather than anything else. Hallelujah. Even the applause of men or the displeasure of man does not move you. But in the quiet confines of your you know, private space, you are able to tell, is God really pleased? Hallelujah. 
Amen. We're not talking about always being a guilty person, the guilt complex and all of that. But in a real clear manner, being able to know whether you're doing the right thing. Whether you're choosing according to his will. Amen. Hallelujah. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, we need to be able to cooperate with that. The next verse gives us a clue. Do all things without murmurings and without disputings. So instead of murmuring, we can mutter the word of God. Hallelujah. And speak the word of God. That's how we dominate the man on the outside. That's how we put him under control. By the mouth, which is the bridle of the horse. Amen. And the rudder of the ship. Hallelujah. That is how the correction is implemented on the outside. You hear the correction inside and then you speak to the man on the outside and you say things to him and you put him under the obedience of the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So you engage your mouth, not complaining and whining about what God is doing. Of course, in the beginning, you may not like the correction, what he's telling you. But you have to appreciate, God is saying something to me. Forgive me, Lord. And then you begin to speak to yourself. I'm a doer of the word of God. I'm not a double-minded person. Hallelujah. Praise God. And do it without any such murmuring and disputing. Praise God. So that you may be blameless and harmless. Sons of God without rebuke. The midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. The world is looking for those lights for us to shine. Amen. Let nothing hinder our shining. Holding forth the word of life that we may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Paul was talking from his view that he worked with them. He gave them all of these truths and did his part and that he said, I want a reward that I have not wasted my time uh, ministering to this body of believers. Hallelujah. That they cooperated with the word. They yielded with fear and trembling. And they held forth the word of life. They shined in this world. They did the right thing. And so I have not run my race in vain. Hallelujah. He did not run in vain. He did not labor in vain. See Paul is thinking about his race also. Praise God. Hallelujah. On Sunday I talked about how he did not baptize many people. Uh, I think I made a slip there. I said Aristarchus. But it's actually Stephanus. Uh, the first fruits of Achaia and you know all of that. There's so many words that sometimes are just the wrong stuff. I guess sometimes you're just not there all the time. Praise God. But... Paul uh, did not just baptize so many people. He said, in fact, he said, God did not send me to baptize, but to preach. <laughs> that could cause some problems just right there. Because sometimes people just see it all about baptizing others. But it's not the water and it's not the elements really. It's the memory. It's the mind. 
that makes it all powerful. Otherwise, you could be baptized and everything and still live like the devil. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, let's look at this for a minute. Holding forth the word of life. He talks about lights that we shine in this world. And then in 16, he says, holding forth the word of life. He does not say light. He says life. In other words, the life and the light, they are the same. Hallelujah. The amount of light you get is the amount of life you show. Amen. The understanding, the revelation is interesting. Let's go to John 1 and see something. The epistle, or rather the gospel of John. John chapter 1, notice verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So the life and the light, they are from the same person. Hallelujah. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Another version would say, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Amen. That is the power of the light that you and I are bearing. When you accepted Jesus, that life came into you. That light came into this world also through you. Hallelujah. And even if it's just one little match, it changes the darkness in the room, doesn't it? All the darkness there cannot affect that single match. Cannot stop it. it it's lit and there it is. Hallelujah. And so we need to be able to understand that how much light we get, how much understanding, how much revelation, how much wisdom we glean out of this uh, realm of God from His Word and from His Spirit is going to be our light and our holding forth of life even to others. Amen. Very interesting thought. Let's see if we can read... Uh, 15 of I mean Philippians chapter 2:15 and then read also John 1 4 and 5. Hege nivu dosha villa davaru kedu mada davaru hindara hitaru ada deva putra ragi vakra villa dushta jananga da madhya dalli jiva dayaka vakke vannu hidukondu loka dalli bedaku bedante hole yuvavaragi diri. John 1 verse 4 and 5. Thank you. And now if you see in verse 16, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Praise God. This is not just any kind of word, it's the word of life. This is what gives us life to the full, more abundantly. The life of God, the full life. Amen. So we are actually as though we are running with a lamp or a, uh, you know, a torch, holding it out and running and finishing our course and so on. You know, all of those pictures must be there. Hallelujah. And uh, one name for the devil is Lucifer which means light bearer. So he's claiming that he's the one with the light right now. The light of understanding and all of the things that are out there. And he's directly challenging any other light. What they say, what they do, that's the right thing. That's the world. 
And now it is challenging you to conform to that light, to that understanding. Are you seeing that? And you have to stand against that and be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That you might be able to do the perfect will of God. Amen. You may mature. Paul started out by being a believer. Notice there that Ananias laid hands on him. And he just hung out with them there with the disciples. As time went, you know, he, he, the Bible says he straightly went and started declaring that Jesus was the Christ. And as time went, he was going to churches and ministering and, you know, traveling. And then he ended up writing three quarters of the New Testament. That was the perfect will of God, to fulfill the word of God. You see, so he did not arrive at that place just like that. It took time. It was a process. He was also maturing, adjusting here and there. You can tell. And finally God said, you're the person that has to do all of this. You're the one that I had to develop. Amen. So he did stand against so many challenges, even from brethren. He said there were, there were false brethren who were there also. See, so there is so much out there for us that we are just not able to tap into sometimes. There is greatness in God's plan for each one of us. And we need to grow up and to do those things by holding forth the word of life. That light, that revelation, as you lift it up and lift it up above everything else in your life, you will run properly. Hallelujah, then you can see and you can run. And you will not be made to sidetrack here and there. And if you do, praise God, forgive me, Lord, I, I messed up. You were trying to tell me, but I'm sorry, forgive me, in Jesus' name. And you are cleansed and forgive yourself also and then go on. Hallelujah, when God forgives, He forgets. And we need to learn to be like Him. When we are forgiven, we should also let go of those things. Not be weary and despondent and sad and spend so many days in depression. Wake up and say, that's over. Let's go forward. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We have to get used to this. And um, it will affect our efficiency, uh, our ability to hold forth the things of God better. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's hear verse 16 also in Canada. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go off to the book of James for a minute. So there's all of this stuff uh, which comes to all of us. Notice how James chapter 1 says in verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Are there going to be diverse temptations? Absolutely. All kinds of problems and situations are going to be out there. Hallelujah. Not just one type, different types. The Amplified says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, when you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. 
Amen. Bible told us that there are sins and then there are weights. And then it talked even about, according to the um, scholars, they claim that there is a sin that would like to stick on to you in particular. That may be because of your upbringing or whatever. That is known as a sin that is closely related to you over there in the book of Hebrews 12. You know, from the sin that so closely uh, tries to hang around you. Praise God. Some call it the closely besetting sin. But um, I don't want to promote that even though it is written there plainly. Um, it is very likely that you, you may have certain things that you have a weakness in compared to others. They have some other place, you have another place, etc. And, uh, you know, praise God. However it is, I believe, according to God, you can drop that. Ha, ha, ha. And you can also consider even just the, the weights and drop them also and run. Hallelujah. You know, so you, you can get to a place where even in, quote, legitimate things, uh, you know, you can say, yes, that's fine, but it's not necessarily important right now. Hallelujah. You can say, you know, all that is there. That's fine. I mean, nothing wrong with it. But at this point, that's not so important. I'm choosing the better things. Hallelujah. Praise God. So um, there are various types of temptations and, you know, challenges out there. But we should not just go, what should the response be? Ah, glory. Hallelujah. All kinds of problems. He said, oh, here we go again. Just when I put my best foot forward, all of this stuff came. You know. Hallelujah. But the correct response is, consider it wholly joyful. <laughs> my brethren. Oh, praise God. Verse 3 continues in the Amplified. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith. There's a trial and proving going on. Amen. The trial and proving of your faith. Bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. All those factors uh, can be seen in the midst of your trial. The midst of the challenges. How long can you wait when there is no evidence? Abraham endured 25 years before seeing a child. 25 years. That's plenty. That's like another lifetime. But the man, you know, he didn't start out perfect. You can chart his life and see how he developed. He was not perfect. None of the people in this book are perfect. None of the people in Hebrews 11 are perfect. Not one. The only perfect one is the one we are called to consider, which is Jesus. Hallelujah. They all had their problems. Maybe Abraham's problem was lying and fear. I don't know. I'm not to judge. But by reading, you know, he would quickly just say something to just protect himself, you know. And all of us are subject to all of these varieties of temptations out there. But our response is... Ha ha, glory to God, another day of the trying of my faith. Hallelujah, and I just need to bring forth some endurance, some steadfastness and patience. 
to hold on to the plan of God, to be steadfast, to hold it fast. Consider Jesus, consider the word. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play. And do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Wow, you can actually get to a place where you are lacking nothing, where you are fully developed. But notice it's because there's a work in us and through us. Amen. There's a cooperation. Do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Hallelujah. You know, God doesn't want you to uh, resort to flesh after that. You know, he's, he's, he's like, he wants you to continue in the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Very interesting thoughts there. Look at Galatians 5, 7, for instance. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? These are people who are doing well, but then later on, they did not obey the truth. Can you see that? It's possible to run well and then be kind of deviated by not yielding to the truth, not obeying the truth. Let's see if we can hear uh, Galatians uh, 6. I mean, five seven. Nivu chennagi oduthi diri. Nivu satya ke vidhe ragadante yaru nimmanu tadedaru. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but I like to go all the way. Hallelujah. God has to have mercy on us. Don't you think so? How much mercy do you need? I need a lot of mercy. Amen. I, I want to go all the way. You know, you can start out nicely. You can run well. But then you can just disobey the truth later on. Amen. These same truths have to stick with us to the end. Praise God. Hallelujah. Back in James, the fourth chapter. Let's go on. And this time I'll, I'll read the King James first so that we can have something uh, to help us a little shake our thinking. We were reading chapter 1. Now in King James, I'm jumping off. We'll see what we can glean out. Verse 7, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So the, the double-minded man does not receive anything. He may think that he receives something from the Lord. But let him not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Amen. So we have to decide once and for all. Are we going God's way? Or are we going to try God a little and then do some other? Mm, very interesting, right? There are people who say, I want all of what God has. And then they have a back, backup plan. I don't want to sound like I'm being tough, but hallelujah. Sometimes it's not easy, you know, especially if you're going through symptoms and, you know, they are hard and they are things that 
are really stopping you, thoughts come to you, you know, hey, what about if this fails and this does not work and all of that. You know, you end up in a place of double-mindedness. Hallelujah. In the practical run of the life itself, with all of its stuff, the pains and the things that you see and feel, we have to take sides with God. Even though there's a tendency to be double-minded. Amen. Hallelujah. And that double-mindedness, actually you get nothing from the Lord. So you have to be single-minded. You have to put all the eggs in one basket. Am I going to trust the world system or God's system? Amen. That's tough. That's tough. That's a hard place. That's a hard place. And we need wisdom. That's why the previous verses talk about, notice, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You can see there's a need for wisdom there. Because there are these double-minded or triple-minded or quadruple-minded things that come. <laughs> All of these varieties of options are out there. We can do this, we can do this, and this, and this, and this, you know. Amen. Verse 6 continues, Let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is, a wave, is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we have nothing against medical science. We have nothing against insurance. We have nothing against loans. We have nothing against any of these things. Praise God. Hallelujah. But in the midst of it all, make sure we are acting by faith. And not double-minded. Praise God. That your ultimate trust is in Him. Amen. We're trusting him that he cannot fail. That he never changes. And so when corrections come, we yield to it. We say, Lord, yes, where do I have to make the adjustment here? Help me, Lord. I need your wisdom. What should I choose here? Can you see that ongoing, living, vital relationship? James is an interesting book. It's coming from the heart of a pastor. Paul was not necessarily a pastor. He was a man who had more of the apostolic uh, type of anointing that he would start something, he would set everything in motion, and then move on. He would stay maximum three plus years in a place and then go off. But this is a man who had to stay with the congregation, and they were not an easy congregation. They were tough people that had become prosperous and had begun to trust in prosperity, they had become so well off that they could decide that they wanted to do this and they would do it. Amen? You can see it all in that letter. But then, you and I today, how does this bear reference to us? We need wisdom. Help me, Lord. How can I choose? So you can see, we are being constantly in a place of self-checking and wanting to cooperate with God 
and all of that. Amen? Did we read Galatians 5, 7? Yeah. All right. Let's go to James now. Uh, James. Did we read James? No. Let's read James uh, from verse 2 to 4, first of all. Nanna Savodarare, Nivu Nana Vidavada Sankatagalli, Vidiruvaga, Adanu Kevala, Ananda Karavada, Dindu Yenisiri. Nimma Nambikege, Aguva Parishodane, Tarme and Muntu, Madutta Dindu Nivu Tiriri. A Tarme, Sidige Bandaga, Nivu, Sampurnaru Siddavadavaru, Yavadara Liu, Kadime, Ladavaru, Agiru Viri. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we can also see how important these verses are in the whole process. The correction of God, yielding to it, helping us to make a right choice, helping us to handle these things. God is a faithful God. Amen. Hallelujah. There's so many things you could do that you may be pressured to do, but should you do it? Amen. Hallelujah. It sounds good. It may not be even uh, bad. It may be good. It may be all right. So much out there. But which is the right thing to do? Which will not hinder my race? That I have not run in vain. That I have not wasted my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's hear verse uh, verse 7 and 8 also in Kannada. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So where we cooperate with is important. Cooperating with the Spirit. Working from within. Working from inside rather than from outside. Being able to tell the difference. This is a soul thing. This is a spirit thing. This is a flesh thing. Being able to figure it all out. Man, there's a lot of work to do. Hallelujah. We need help. We, all things work out together for good. It's 28 of Romans 8. But it has some things that are connected to it. Such as 26, 27. To those who are praying in the spirit travailing, pushing through until they get the note of victory, which is 28, that everything's going to work out for good because I love God. I love God. I love Him. He loves me, no doubt about it. But I love Him more than all of these things, all of these options. Hallelujah. And I'm called according to His purpose. His purpose is what it's all about. Amen. And then everything works out together for good. Isn't that the actual way it's supposed to be read? Yes. You cannot just take that out and, you know, say, I can do whatever I want and it will work out together for good. No, they say cooperating with him that is working in us, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Hallelujah. Amen. That's, that's the right way. And, and there is a mind that can be coming against us. There is a way that could be, you know, in two boats at the same time. And, you know, all of these options and whew, God help us. Whew. And then you have to be joyful at the same time. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Can you see that you can generally forget about yesterday and not worry about tomorrow, but consider Jesus? Amen. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to go to the cross. This shall not happen to you. Sounds good. But then he bristled up and he said, No, get behind me, Satan. I have to. I came for this moment. Hallelujah. I have to finish my course. I have to run. I have to accomplish. Jesus faced all of this much more than we and endured to the end and finished his course and went home in glory. And he saw us. He has already seen us standing before the throne. Thank God you and I are going there in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's see if we can get a thing or two as we are closing. Galatians, the fifth chapter. Notice there the 16th verse. This I say then, walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hallelujah. You know, our true life is in the spirit. And we can live from there. You don't have to live from the flesh. Amen. Let's look at another scripture, which I believe could be the last one. First Peter chapter 2. Notice verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Hallelujah. Notice that we are actually empowered to live dead to sins. Amen. Amen. Romans tells us that we are dead to sin. So you are dead to sickness, you are dead to poverty, you are dead to the curse, and you are alive to God. You are alive to righteousness. Amen. This is the sacrifice, but it's from within. You have to consider that I'm actually dead to sin. I'm alive to God. I'm alive to righteousness. I'm actually dead to sin. I'm dead to sickness. Ha, ha, ha. I'm alive to God. I'm alive to righteousness. I'm alive to the things of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, the sixth chapter of Romans talks about baptism and how, you know, you are dead with Christ. Amen. Whatever he died for, you are also dead to that. Amen. Praise God. Maybe we can read a little bit of that and go forward. Romans 6.4 Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. And then the 11th verse, Likewise reckon you yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this place of taking advantage of what Jesus has done and uh, taking it for ourselves, reckoning ourselves. So I am dead to sin just like Jesus was dead to sin. Hallelujah. I am alive to God just like Jesus was alive to God. I'm alive to the blessing. I'm dead to the sickness. I'm dead to the symptoms. I'm dead to the curse, to the poverty, to the destruction in this present evil age. I am dead to those things. I'm alive to God. Ha, 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 glory. And I can rejoice. 
Because that's the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So many things to think about. Let's see if we can read maybe 1 Peter 2.24. Have we read uh, 5.16? Not yet. Let's read 5.16 Galatians. We have to close. And then we can see the 11th verse of Romans 6. In 1 Peter 2.24 also. Hallelujah. So we can choose to say I'm dead to this. I'm alive to that. But what if I continue in whatever I want? He says verse 15 of Romans 6. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under the grace of God? He said, what happens is you become a servant. You become a slave. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are whom you obey. You begin to shackle yourself unknowingly by taking advantage of the grace of God. Negatively, of course. I'm dead to sin, yeah, but I can do that, you know. (laughs) Because of the grace of God. But today, you and I take the grace of God and we speak it over ourselves positively so that our life lines up with his plan and we run our race and we finish our course. Hallelujah. There's a lot in there. We'll continue again. But let's just thank him for some things. Just get used to it. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to sickness. I'm dead to poverty. I'm dead to every curse. I'm alive to God. I'm alive to health. I'm alive to the plan of God. I'm alive to the love of God. Ha, ha, ha. God has given me his grace. Thank you, Jesus. I am alive to God. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to sickness. I'm dead to the curse. Thank you, thank you, thank you. By his stripes I was healed. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. We trust you, Lord. Hallelujah. We put our faith in your word, in your will, in your counsel. Thank you for your mercy today as we step out into the day. Oh, holding forth the word of life. Hallelujah. That you help us with our choices. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks for grace and mercy to be able to choose and do the right thing. Ha, 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 ha. We laugh at the famine. We laugh at the destruction. We laugh at the pestilence. Ha, ha, ha. We rejoice because you are with us, working in us, both to will and do your good pleasure. We cooperate with you. We yield to you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Faithful are you who called us, who will also do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We receive your benefits today. We receive your benefits today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.
I believe we're having a good time. God is faithful. If you'd like to give, it's a great opportunity to do so. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you, team. You're blessed.